And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Justclair here with Coach Brian Colley. We hope that everybody is enjoying their Tuesday as much as we are. We are having a wonderful start to the day, and we've got so much to talk about during the course of the show. In this first segment, we'll talk to you about where our local teams are headed today. Uh, we've got some big matchups. Really not a whole lot in the scoreboard yesterday. I got one score for you, um, and I'll give it to you uh, in just a second. But not a whole lot happened last night. Uh, we've got a bunch of games happening today, including a, a showdown girls basketball matchup between two of the best teams in the state of Louisiana. We'll preview some of that stuff in this first segment. Um, then after that, we're going to Coach Matt Plitt of the E.D. White baseball team. The defending state champion Cardinals are trying to begin their title defense. We'll have Coach Plitt on at 1145 to ask him about how their offseason went, how their preseason is going. And uh, we look forward to hearing from Coach Plitt. Then at noon, we're going to detail where our local soccer teams are going. The playoff brackets were released, oh, about five, ten minutes ago. Um, at noon, we'll break down who made the postseason. We got a lot of local soccer teams that made the postseason, and we can't wait to, t- uh, to share with you all where all of our local teams are going. Then at 12.15, we've got Coach Tavon Sadler, who will be joining us. He's the men's basketball coach at Nichols State University. Coach Sadler's team has been, my goodness, playing some incredibly dramatic games, including a double overtime game on Saturday. The Colonels were off yesterday. Uh, usually it's a Saturday-Monday league. The Colonels had their conference by on Monday, chance to rest after a double overtime win on Saturday. We'll ask Coach Sadler about the upcoming home stretch. The Colonels were on a road trip. Now they're back at home coming up beginning on Saturday. And then also on Monday, Nichols will be back at home. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's open this thing up here. Let's get this, this, this ship on the road. We've got some big matchups today. We start on the girls' basketball side, and a lot of these are boy-girl doubleheaders now, right? So we're going to attack it um, and tell you that tonight we've got a girl-boy doubleheader in Matthews, Central Lafouche, and Terrebonne. On the girls' side for Tora and her team, they're in the same situation as South Lafouche, but their situation is more dire. They have to win out. They need to get a bunch of help. They're going to probably beat Terrebonne tonight. You're not going to get a whole lot of power points for beating Terrebonne tonight. But on the boys' side, Coach, I can't emphasize enough how big of a game this is. These are two teams that are both trying to stay in the top 28. These are two teams that are trying to get some power points. Central Lafouche is in a better position than Terrebonne, sitting at 21. But there's not a whole lot of a gap between they and Terrebonne, who's sitting at 26. Terrebonne is trying to stay desperately in the top 28. They have been on a little bit of a skid. Central Lafouche beat them the first time. It was a very close competitive game. Terrebonne has been playing better lately, though they haven't been able to win those close ones. Two desperate teams coming in. If we were not at Lutcher tonight, I would be in Matthews. This is going to be an awesome game tonight. Two teams that both have to have it. This is a big one tonight. Big, 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 big playoff implications here. The winner buys themselves a little bit of security. The loser's going to really be on the bubble after this one. Agree. I think it's more of a must-win for Terrebonne than for the Trojans. But if the Trojans lose, they're going to find themselves in a must-win situation very soon. So, uh, yeah, big game for both teams. Uh, I think Terrebonne needs this one just a little bit more because uh, they're dropping. 
and with a, a big win tonight, they can move back up a little bit and almost uh, flip-flop the two teams where they're at right now. Not position-wise, but um, flip-flop their thinking about, well, uh, if, if Terrebonne wins, then Central Lafourche is going to be starting to think about just trying to get in, and that's what Terrebonne's trying to do now. Uh, by the way, we we did have some some results from yesterday, or one result from yesterday that that is shared that was posted that I could give to you. Central Catholic of Morgan City. That was a game that was supposed to be played tonight. It was played last night. They get a fifty-seven to thirty-seven boys basketball win against Jennerette. Benjamin Case scores twenty-three points for the Eagles. Parker Jennings seventeen. Coach Ron Case said that their uh, quality point guard Nylon Williams sprained his ankle in the second quarter and could be out for a while, uh, but it was a solid victory without him against a very physical and athletic Generette team. Central Catholic stays hot, gets a 20-point boys basketball win over Generette. So congratulations to Coach Case, both of them, and then the whole team out there for getting a big hard-fought win. Uh, 5A, East St. John and Hanville. Big matchup there on the boys. And the girls, really, but big old doubleheader there. That'll be out in Boutique. Um, Going to shake the district standings on both ends tonight. We'll be curious to see there how it goes. East St. John beat Hanville on the boys' side the first time. That was a little bit of a surprise to some. Now you're going to what I consider the rowdiest environment in our district in Hanville. Han- I don't know if anybody in our area has seen the way that Hanville does it now. They got a new gym. And they pack the place routinely. It's going to be tough for East St. John to go in there and get a road win. If they do, it would be their biggest win of the season. I would favor Hanville, especially in that boys' matchup tonight, to try to get some revenge. Yeah, at home it's going to be tough. And you're right. That was surprising, the first-round game uh, matchup between them. But um, they had Hanville tonight. I would give the edge to the – Hanville Tigers tonight. HL Bourgeois got a big girls basketball matchup with Destrehan at home. The Braves are trying to get an upset. I think the Braves are too far outside of the top 32 to get in. On the boys' side, hey, look, you're favored big, but it's such a scary matchup if you're Coach Kiowit and HL Bourgeois because you're supposed to win. Um, there's not supposed to be any drama. You're sitting at number six. By even playing the game at all, you're going to drop some spots. But if you lose the game, you go from sitting in a great spot to being questionable to even host in the opening round. All of the pressure is on you. Destrehan is coming off of their first win, so they're getting better. Scary little game out there. I don't think Bourgeois is going to have problems, right? I think that they'll take care of it. But it is a scary little game because 100% of the pressure is on you and 0% of the pressure is on them. Yeah, and we got a uh, – well, I'll give the scores. Uh, one more score from last night. Uh, Grandal. Oh, Grandal got a, got a win, didn't they? Yeah, beat Lutheran 62-43. to 43. That, That's for the boys, right? Yeah. Good job for Grandal taking care of business. In the uh, We got Ellender and South Terrible, and this is not a doubleheader. The boys have already played. Ellender got the win. That's just a girls game, Ellender and South Terrible tonight. In 4A, South Lafouche and Lutcher, boy-girl doubleheader making the trip out to the river or the Tarpons taking on Lutcher. Big girls basketball matchup, though with some recent results with Lutcher, I would maybe favor the Lady Tarpons. Big boys basketball matchup, as the Tarpons got a bunch of winnable ones here coming up. And if they could, one at a time, take care of business in all of these little 50-50 games with Lutcher, with Ellender, and with Morgan City, and whomever, 
they could set up a, a situation where the last game of the season, they could maybe be playing for a chance to get into the playoffs as the district champion against Vanderbilt. Big one tonight. You got to beat Lutcher tonight to make that a reality. Yeah, it's going to uh, be a battle. Uh, I think the Tarpons, when they're playing well and shooting the ball well and not turning the ball over, uh, wouldn't shock me at all if they can go on the road and, and, and get the upset. Because you would favor Lutcher tonight in the contest, but uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Tarpons can go and, and get a victory on the road. Calling it right now, Morgan City, who's down to seven players on the boys' basketball side and has been really struggling. Assumption's getting their first win of the season tonight. I think Assumption's going to go on the road at Morgan City and beat Morgan City tonight. Now, what happens? You you down to seven the entire program? I don't or, know. I, I was told that their varsity's down to seven, um, which ain't a lot. <laughs> no. And some of their recent results have not been good. They have been getting hammered by people after playing competitive early in the year. Um, I think Assumption's going to get them one tonight. Yeah. Uh, uh, if they're down to seven, I, I would agree. How about this, man? This Vanderbilt has the district by this week. They're not playing anybody on the boys' side. But on the girls' side, Vanderbilt is traveling to Baton Rouge to play Southern Lab tonight a Southern Lab team that has beaten Lafayette Christian earlier this season and is one of the best teams in the state of Louisiana. If I were not going to Lutcher, I already said I would be going to Matthews. If I were not going to Lutcher and Matthews, I would consider fueling up and going to Baton Rouge. Coach Kiana Chaney at Southern Lab is a friend of mine. Coach Jawaski Coleman at Vanderbilt is a friend of mine. That's going to be a wonderful game between two teams that are both going to be heavily expected to go to the top 28. Big test for Vanderbilt to see what they got to work on before the playoffs get here. How many wins, Lab? Oh, a ton. Uh, let's see. Oh, I thought you had it up. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it handy, but I'll pull it up. Southern Lab has won a, a, a crap ton of games. Let's see. Their Division Four select, 20-5. and five. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, a Big. great opportunity. Well, yeah, you can go on the road. Great opportunity to go on the road and try to make that happen. District doubleheader, Berwick and Patterson today. You would favor Patterson, Patterson heavy on the boys' side. I don't know about the girls' matchup. Could be a, a toss-up there. E.D. White and St. James, boys and girls doubleheader out at St. James. St. James has a good girls' program this year. E.D. White beat them in round one. That'll be a fun one both ways, boys and girls. That'll be some very interesting games there. Donaldsonville is off tonight. Uh, we go to 2A. Homer Christian School is playing Delcom on the girls' side. Non-district matchup on the road, making the trip to play Delcom. CCA is traveling to take on Hanson Memorial. And then we got a girls' score from last night. Central Catholic's girls got a 60-21 to win over Generette. So a lot of big old games today. A lot of opportunities for some teams to earn some power points. And by the end of the night tonight, we're going to have a better idea of how some of these local district championship chases are going to be decided, especially... After we get East St. John and Hanville out the way, especially after we get Central Lafouche and Terrebonne out the way, we're going to have a clearer picture tomorrow than what we do today. And I got a middle school, couple of middle school scores. LCO beat Lockport 50 to 21. Leading scores was Kobe Cantrell at 13, Jaden Smith, Kobe Nelson chipped in 10. The hard hat winner had two of them, Leo Richardell and Caleb Grow. The Bulldogs, Casey, are now 15 and 6. Uh, on the year, Lady Bulldogs get a tough match, uh, tough win over Lockport, twenty-nine to sixteen. Uh, leading scores: Leighton Fullerlove had nine, Kinsley Terrebonne had seven. Uh, the dog chain winner was Alea Savoy. The girls are now twenty-two and three. 
5-0 and in Paris. From what I understand, last night the girls pretty much locked up the Parish. A lot of the teams that were chasing them, they have already beaten, and Lockport was one of those teams. I mean, obviously, they got a couple games left. They still got to take care of business, but they really, from what I was told, grabbed the Parish championship chase by the neck last night. So good on Coach Shields and her team for uh, looking like they might three-peat, man. I know they won back-to-back. They might get that third one in the cupboard. Yeah, uh, man, that's, uh, that's tough to do. Yeah, that's tough and, to do. And they're young. <laughs> they're still young. It's it's amazing. No doubt. I was at Thibodeau Middle School. Their boys and girls got victories over six Stuart last night. Some were very well-played games. Congratulations to Thibodeau. And look, man, I know six Stuart is having a rough season, but if Coach Zush and his crew is listening, man, keep on keeping on. Their kids are in the right spots. Uh, they're very well coached. And um, I was I came away impressed, even though you know they, they got beat pretty decisively by Thibodeau. Let's catch a break when we get back. Um, we're going to have Coach Matt Plitt of the E.D. White Cardinals defending state champions on the baseball diamond. Coach Plitt will be chatting with us about how do you defend your championship with a whole lot of new pieces. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, at Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Austin Center here, driver of the Discount Tire, number two Ford Mustang, and 2022 NASCAR Cup Series Rookie of the Year. Having the right tire pressure on the racetrack is crucial to my success. Tire pressure is also critical to keeping you safe on the road. Whether it's for safe stopping distances in all seasons or getting the best gas mileage, you want to keep your vehicle's tires properly inflated. Check your tire pressure at least once a month or stop by a local tire retailer for an air check. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Duck Fab Incorporated is your first choice for professional HVAC duct system. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation, Duck Fab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs. From residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities, Duck Fab is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Homa and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Duck Fab, 352 Equity Boulevard, Homa, Louisiana. 985-876-3400. Duck Fab. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jusclair here with Coach Brian Collier. A reminder that on Friday we will be at Tri Parish Media Day. For Terrebonne General, we're going to be there live from 11.30 to 1, talking to all of our baseball and softball coaches in the area. But let's get a head start. We'll chat with one of our baseball coaches right now. That would be Coach Matt Plitt at E.D. White, who's on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? 
Good morning. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Happy to have you on. Um, you guys are gearing up for the start of a new year. Um, it is going to be an interesting year because you guys are trying to defend the state championship, but you're doing so with a, a lot of new players and a lot of new starters. Talk to us about how your off season went, and then how's your preseason camp going so far? Definitely, I think uh, after the end of last year, not just the the the, the result of winning, but just the team coming together. Then the year played a big part moving forward in the summer, and the guys kind of set that standard, set that bar back up high. And so the the bodiness is it's there. The uh, the younger guys have been doing a great job. But what a lot of people don't realize is that last game we played, we do return six guys that started out of nine. So been a, a lot of good stuff going on uh, during the fall and a lot of good stuff first few weeks of practices. So really excited. You know this. You were a pitcher. It all starts on the mound, bro. If you can't pitch, you don't have a chance. Tell us. I mean, obviously we know you got some, some very good starting pitching returning. Tell us about your depth. Do you feel like you got you guys have a, a quality number of arms to go in the year that you can rely on? You know, last year we we did we had we had the arms numbers, uh, which is which is you know great. It really helps you out. This year we we really thought that was going to be one of the biggest questions, and probably the first four weeks of of practice. Really, I mean, our questions were answered. A lot of younger guys stepping up. Some guys that threw a little bit last year returning, um, going to be asked to have bigger roles, and they've kind of stepped up as well. So talk to me about this, man. Obviously, the the record goes back to zero and zero, and you guys are you know trying to defend the championship. But you're going to get everybody's best shot because you guys are ED White. Teams are going to be planning their week around. Okay, well we we want our ace to throw this game. You know how how do you handle that, knowing that man you're not going to ever be able to take a day off because everybody's going to be uh, gunning for you guys. There's that bullseye there that comes with being successful. Uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a good thing. I mean, if you look at it as a good thing, you're going to get everybody's best. You're going to be weathered. You're going to be battle tested by the time playoffs come. So, I mean, even if your your record doesn't show by the time it gets to playoffs, you've seen the best of the best on your schedule. So, I think I think it pays off if you look at it in a good way. For sure, man. Offensively, you guys had so many sticks last year, man. Top to bottom, could just hit the heck out of the ball. Gap to gap power, speed on the bases. Tell us a little bit. Excuse me about your offense this year, man. I think the offense kind of, kind of uh, replays like it was last year. There's a lot of younger guys that, you know, could have possibly had opportunity to play more on varsity if we didn't have as many seniors. But um, these younger guys are looking really good. They're working extremely hard, and um, I think it's going to be. If if anything, I have a good feeling our lineup going to be a little bit more balanced than it was last year. Um, but like I said, young guys working really hard. And, really earning their spots. You're going to find out right away what you guys are made of, Coach. I'm looking at the schedule. You open up on the road against South Terrible, and that'll be a big challenge. And you play a best of – well, not best of three, just a three-game series with Holy Cross. That'll be a challenge. Lafayette Christian on the road will be a challenge. Ascension Catholic three-game series. Rummel, Vanderbilt, Destrahan, on and on and on. You guys are really challenging yourselves. I'm sure that that's going to be to try to figure out what you got. To, you have to work on before you get to postseason play. For sure, like I said, um, they know that we're going to get everybody's best, and the the goal is to try to play the, the best teams we could possibly play to make the best version of ourselves come out. And like I said, at the end of the day, if your record's not 
too great when you get to playoffs. All you need to do is get there, and, and that schedule will have weathered you so well. So, Yeah, for sure, man. Look, there's been some changes in the sport, right? Um, now the semifinal rounds are not going to be played in Sulphur. Those will be best of three series on the campus locations, and the championship series will be in Sulphur, but it will now be a series. So what are your thoughts as it's moving from – uh, you know, it used to be, hey, the semifinals and the finals were just winner-take-all one game. Now it's moving to a series. I think that's going to actually crown who the best team is every year because you got to win those two out of three and you got to have that depth. What are your thoughts as you guys are changing the playoff format a little bit? I mean, I like it both ways. It just, I mean, it depends. Every year is going to be different in, uh, in your team dynamic. But, I mean, that's what you uh, – you, you should thrive on, you know, being able to adapt and try to change to, to new things. So I don't mind the best of three. I mean, it, it, the rule change, it passed, so we'll just adapt to it. But um, either way is really good. So Yeah, very good, man. Look, you guys, I understand scrimmaged yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. How did that go? What are some things you liked? What are some things you guys got to work on? We did. We uh, So I, I, we call it live, live at-bats. We really didn't uh, – have a full-blown scrimmage yet. Uh, I tried to get my pitchers at least five to six rounds of ever slowly uh, up in the pitch count and, and bullpens before they actually see a batter. But we did throw to live batters yesterday, and it went it went really well, kind of as expected. I didn't expect the ball to get out of the infield um, with our batters not having seen live pitching, but overall it went really well. Let me ask you this. I, I hear often, man, look, I watch a ton of baseball. I'm a big Braves fan. I probably watch 130 to 140 of their games a year. I hear often the announcers say there's a difference between pitch count and then how many stressful pitches a pitcher throws, meaning like, hey, if your pitch count is 70, but you're going three up, three down every inning, it's different than if your pitch count is 70 and you've gone three innings and you've loaded the bases every inning. You were a pitcher. Is that is that truly a thing where hey stressful pitches take a little bit of more of a toll out of you physically and mentally? For sure, definitely the mental side. I mean, if you got a pitcher that's, that's getting deep in the counts, I mean, it, it changes. You know, twenty pitches feel like fifty pitches going three two or getting deep in counts every time. But uh, but for sure, um, and like I said, we kind of try to try to limit that. I, I don't like to let my pitchers see live batters until their arms get a few bullpens underneath of them. Because when you put that batter in, I mean, it changes everything. That pitcher wants to ramp up, try so hard. So we try to kind of gradually move them along. Are you guys waiting on anybody from basketball? Do you have some basketball players that are going to be competing with you guys, or is it pretty much uh, your core is with you on baseball now? We have the bulk of our people, but we are waiting on um, Luke Zerang, Charlie Dietrich from basketball. Those two guys were, were varsity guys last year. Uh, we also have a, another basketball guy that made a team this year. Jake Sternfeld is our quarterback. Um, he'll be with us. And then we're also waiting on some soccer players, some younger guys, and um, Carter Douglas, who is also a varsity guy. So talk to me about that. Because, look, whenever we shift from football to basketball, we often ask the basketball coaches how long it takes the football players to get ready. And they say, oh, you know, two to three weeks, you know, maybe a month or whatever. Is it kind of that same curve for baseball, or is it a situation maybe you get them and you're ready to go a little sooner, a little longer? About how long does it take for the guys to get back acclimated to the new sport? I think it takes them, you know, a good little bit. you got to get that arm in shape. That The arm is the biggest thing. And then seeing seeing a baseball bat, I mean, it's 
baseball is one of the toughest sports, so it definitely uh, it definitely takes some time, and you 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 really like those guys coming over. You need them, and you just try your best not to rush them back into it and kind of slowly add them back into the to the uh, to the group in the lineup. So it's definitely tough to to turn around. I mean, especially basketball. Hopefully, making playoffs and soccer making playoffs. Yeah, you good stuff. Back, you, you get them back so late, you've you've got no option but to to rush, but not rush. So. Yeah, no, I hear you there, brother. Look, man, we thank you so much for the time, and we'll chat again soon. Okay, man, keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. Yep, there's Coach Matt Plitt uh, with Ed White. Got to be a big challenge, bro, especially in the baseball side of things. And look, South Lafourche has run into this a little bit in recent years. Is that okay? You start winning twenty plus games every year. You ain't ever going to have a game where you're just facing somebody's number four. <laughs> they are planning their week around their ace throwing against you. E.D. White's going to get that this year. Now, granted, they've got an ace in Weimer, and they've got some big sticks, and they've got some depth. They're going to be really challenged and ready for it. But it's different whenever you're the hunter versus you're the hunted, and I'm curious to see, especially early in the year, what as brutal as their schedule is, how they're going to fare. I would think E.D. White had that last year, too. A lot of teams throwing their wands at them because, uh, look, this team's going to win a bunch of games every year. You know that uh, going in. So, yeah, and uh, they're at the top, so they're going to get everyone's best. And, Casey, I'm just looking at the uh, the LHSAA, uh, the, the guidelines and things, and it mm-hmm. says um, the effective date for all proposals passed at the meeting become effective July 1. 2024. So, so, so this year we're still doing the old playoff format is so what you're telling I, I, me. I'm, I'm wondering, yeah, if I think this year would be the old and because I'm looking, I don't see anywhere where it says it's effective immediately. Yeah, look, they, they probably got sulfur booked and everything already. If I, but look, Chandler, I know you listen every day. That's your homework assignment. We're going to have you on Friday. It's Tuesday today. Figure out uh, whether or not sulfur is going to be the semis in the finals or it's going to be starting this coming season. That'd be a really good question, though. Uh, to see when exactly that's going to begin. But it sounds like, based on what you're telling me, it's going to be happening two seasons from now. Yeah, as the way it looks, right. Um, breaking news from the world of the NFL. We don't usually jump into pro this early, but we have some breaking news, and it's kind of shocking breaking news. Um, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, who was rumored heavily to be the lead candidate to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders, announced about five minutes ago, that he is returning to Detroit as the offensive coordinator. He is not accepting a head coaching position this cycle. Um, so that's big. The Lions get to keep their offensive coordinator intact. Um, good stuff for them. They, that's, a, that's a great mind they're keeping in the building. Ben Johnson says no to a couple of the jobs that were in front of him. He probably went to Dan Campbell in his office and said, listen, next year if we're in a situation, can we kick the field goal? And yeah. if, we, if you tell me yes, I'm staying. <laughs> yes. Very, very likely, right? Also, of course, and a lot of folks that saw this, it broke earlier today, Pete Carmichael is going to Denver. Um, not not going to be surprise. the offensive coordinator, but he's going to be a member of the offensive staff in Denver. There's a lot of whispers that Sean's going to be coming for Alvin Kamara this offseason in a trade. Um, it's continuing to be the Denver Saints, man. They're trying to take the best and the brightest out of the building. We can make him go over with Sean. And look, uh, Carmichael had a kid that played at Destrahan, right? Baseball. Thought he was going to be the new OC there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't know if he, – he wasn't a senior last year, correct? 
think he was a uh, junior. So I wonder if he stayed put, finishes. Speaking of that, I mean that's let's let's go ahead and talk about it. We don't have a guest at twelve, so we got a little bit of time. Hanville announced yesterday that they hired an alum to be their next head football coach. An alum with experience as an offensive play caller. An alum who has coached high-powered offenses in the past. Exhale, y'all. It ain't him. Greg Boyne, or Boyne is going to be the next head coach at Hanville, ending one of the most uh, hottest coaching searches around the state, 40-plus applicants. Boyne has been the offensive coordinator at Destrahan for the past 12 years. So you do that math. He's got a bunch of rings on his finger. But he's a Hanville High School graduate of the class of 1990, and he was unanimously recommended by the Tigers search committee after two rounds of interviews. So Greg Boyne will be the next head coach at Hanville. They get a guy with some river roots. They get a guy who, um, you know, uh, is going to be taking over that program over at Hanville. And uh, don't know how this is going to go. I know a lot of folks were interested in who Hanville was going to hire for various reasons, but they go with Greg Boyne as their next guy. Yeah, time heals. If you know, if you look right here, man, huh? Yeah, <laughs> very, very interesting. Carpenter fans should know. I didn't realize that the previous coach was in that too. Oh goodness! Well, anyway, yeah, time heals all wounds, right? Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to tell you who made the soccer playoffs. Um, it is play by play. We'll be right back after this. We got a bunch of local teams in the field, so we're going to send out some out of boys and some out of girls. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hi, I'm Ashley Otan with Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please join us for Talk on the Bayou the second Wednesday of every month. Our mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs to support our great community. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galdano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons!
Crazy to think that we are already at the point of the season where we've got some soccer playoff brackets to unveil, but we've got eight soccer brackets to unveil, and there are a lot of local teams that are in the field. We start with the girls, Division One. Congratulations to the Thibodeau Lady Tigers for punching a ticket into the postseason. They're the number nine overall seed. They'll be hosting New Iberia in the opening round. HL Bourgeois is also postseason bound. They're the number 28 seed in Division I girls. They'll be taking on number five, Dutchtown, on the road in the opening round. Kudos to Central Lafouche. Boys and girls win district championships. Central Lafouche's girls earned the number 13 overall seed. They'll be taking on number 20, Santamont, in the opening round. And then that wraps up our local teams in the girls division one girls division two. We've got a bunch. Uh, we've got, let's see, we start off with South Lafouche. Congratulations to coach Colin Skinner in his first season, leading his team into the postseason. They're the number 29 overall seed. They'll be traveling to take on Lake shore in the opening round. How about this? A lot of folks don't realize, and we were talking about this with Stan, our soccer area used to be Vanderbilt, E.D. White, and pretty much not a whole lot else. Well, this year, that's not the case. We told you about Thibodeau hosting, one division, two girls. How about this? Terrebonne is the number three overall seed. Ooh. They're going to be taking on number 30, Franklin Parish in the opening round. Terrebonne rolling, cooking with grease, getting an opening round home match. Ellender is in. They're the number 22 overall seed. They're taking on number 11, David Thibodeau. I saw Ellender on Sunday. They're athletic, man. They're, they've got a shot. Number 10, South Terrebonne on the girls' side. The Gators earned the number 10 overall seed. They're going to be taking on number 23, Menden, at home in the opening round. So a bunch of teams in the bracket in Division 2. In Division 3, we've got a bunch of teams in the in the bracket as well. Guess who? Vanderbilt. They're always up there. They're the number 9 overall seed. They'll be tra- or not traveling. They'll be hosting number 24, Bozier, in the opening round. Vanderbilt, number 9, coming in. They played a brutal schedule. It kind of hurt their power rating number. Don't sleep on them. They're capable of winning the whole thing. We've got also in this bracket, Morgan City, the number 29 overall seed. They're traveling to take on number four, University Lab. E.D. White, the number six overall seed, will be hosting Kaplan in the opening round of the playoffs. Again, these are girls' soccer brackets. We'll get to the boys in just a second. Then we go to Division Four for the girls' soccer teams. Covenant Christian, doggone it, this stinks. They missed out being a host by one seed. They're number 17. They're traveling to take on number 16, St. Frederick, in the opening round. Homa Christian School is also in. They're the number 25 seed. Load up the caravans. You're going to play Evangel, number 8 seed in Shreveport in the opening round of the postseason. And those are our local teams on the girls' soccer side of things. Now on the boys, we shift over to Division One for the boys. Brutal, brutal bracket. So many quality teams. Hanville's the number 14 seed. They're going to be hosting number 19, Bird, in the opening round. But how about them Central Lafouche Trojans, man? Mentioned they won district championships on both the boys and the girls' side. They're the number 10 seed in the bracket. They're hosting Fountain Blue in the opening round. Kudos to the uh, for the Trojans for having a wonderful regular season on both the men's and women's side. Division 2, we've got, again, a bunch of local teams, and we lead off with Ellender, who's the number 21 seed. They're traveling to take on number 12, Houghton, in the opening round. South Lafouche Tarpons, boys and girls, both get into the postseason. The Tarpon boys um, are the number 29 overall seed. They will be traveling to take on number four, Rumble, in the opening round. So South Lafouche had a big old year last year and returned to the playoffs again this year. They got a big uphill test against Rumble, but kudos to them for making it in. Terrebonne will be at home in the opening round. The number 11 Terrebonne Tigers will be hosting number 22, Shaw, in the opening round of the playoffs. 
Also in that bracket, we've got South Terrebonne, who earned the number seven overall seed. The Gators will be facing number 26, Salmon, in the opening round. Then East St. John also got in there, the 18 seed in Division II. They'll be traveling to take on Sam Houston in the opening round. So congratulations to those local teams. Division three boys soccer. We've got Morgan City, who's the number 16 seed. They'll be at home in the opening round, taking on number 17, Tara. Morgan City actually has a pretty good soccer program. They're annually in the playoffs. Lutcher got in as the number 28 seed. They'll be taking on number five, St. Louis Catholic, in the opening round. Then we've got Vanderbilt and E.D. White both in the bracket, and it's actually set up for them to face one another in the quarterfinals. Vanderbilt is the number two seed in the bracket for the boys. They'll be hosting number 31, Buckeye, in the opening round. E.D. White is in. They're the number seven seed. They'll be hosting Landry in the opening round. So you do the math. If they both win two playoff matchups, we got Vanderbilt and E.D. White in the, in the quarterfinals, which would be a whole lot of fun for a lot of folks in our local area. Division four soccer bracket for the boys. We've got CCA, who's the number nine seed. They're at home taking on number 24, St. Frederick. Good on them for punching the ticket in. We've also got Homa Christian School, who's the number 13 overall seed. They're in. They're going to be taking on number 20, St. Martin's Episcopal. So we got a lot of local soccer teams in and a whole lot of soccer teams who are going to be home in the opening round. So kudos to them for punching that ticket and making things happen. Uh, I missed one. Yep, Destrahan, Division One. My bad. Thanks for the catch. Coach Destrahan, the number one. Uh, will be facing number one Jesuit. They're the number 32 seed in Division One for the boys. Will be facing Jesuit in that opening round matchup. Kudos and congratulations to all of our local soccer teams. Hopefully we could uh, get some teams that make it all the way out to the state tournament in Hammond. Man, you Ron, that's a lot of local schools. I'm telling you, bro, whenever I did stats for soccer uh, ages ago now, um, Vanderbilt and E.D. White were good locally, and just about everybody else kind of struggled. That's not the case anymore, and, and that's not the case because so many doggone kids are playing it now, man. That Raceland, you pass by those Raceland fields during a soccer Saturday, it's choked. Hundreds and hundreds of kids. And then Homa has a great soccer program, which obviously had spilled over to Vanderbilt in years past, but now it's spilling over into Terrebonne and South Terrebonne and that's it's amazing to see. Uh, Colin said it when he came on the radio with us about a month and a half ago. Is hey, you got to have them playing young because if not, it's too late to catch up whenever you get them in high school. Um, but the fruits of those labors are paying off in a big way. Congratulations to all of the teams, and hopefully, we have some teams that make a deep push. Yeah, look, you can't. It's invaluable. The uh, the youth program. Uh, Looking our area with Biddy basketball, I mean, it, it's just huge. And if the soccer program develops, it, it, you're going to see the high school soccer teams get better and better. Yep, no doubt. So those opening round matchups are going to be played oh, in the next couple of days. we got some of them scheduled for February 1st, some of them scheduled for February 2nd. We're going to do our best to break down and recap those brackets um, as best as we can as the games are, are going to continue to be played. Um, very quickly, and we, we'll talk about this a little later in the show, and we got Tavon Sadler coming in the next segment. Pete Carmichael is no longer unemployed. Um, he was hired today by the Denver Broncos to be a member, quote, of the offensive staff in Denver. Carmichael, of course, famously worked with Sean Payton forever and ever and ever when Sean was in New Orleans. Carmichael gets the boot and uh, from Dennis Allen's staff, and now he's brought in at Denver. Um, not a huge surprise, right? If there was anywhere he was going to go, it would be back with Sean. Interesting, he's not been named the offensive coordinator there. Um, 
but Sean's comfortable with his dudes, and Carmichael's one of his dudes. Be curious to see how the Denver offense takes shape in the upcoming season. Add another Saint to his roster, but more to come. But it's crazy. Nobody like from Denver goes to New Orleans. It feels like a one way street street at this point, man. Um, The rumor, by the way, this is reported, I think, by Jeff Duncan, which is that New Orleans has significantly zeroed in on who they're going to hire as their next offensive coordinator. If that is the case and the hire doesn't come this week, then I really believe that it's going to be one of the two 49ers that they interviewed, which would be Kubiak or Brian Greasy, that they would be interested in most. Um, we'll see. They, they, they reportedly are getting closer to making a hire and trying to figure out what direction they want their offense to go in going forward. But here's the thing, man. Yeah, you could hire Greasy. You could hire Kubiak, whatever. But you ain't got Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk and, you know, Debo Samuel and a great offensive line and a great de- – you don't have those things in New Orleans. So, I don't know that it's going to work the same. But we'll see. Yeah, you don't have John Lynch either. You have Mickey Loomis. I trust Mickey Loomis. Enough said right there. You got some gum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Barrison, huh? Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Coach Tavon Sadler here on play-by-play. The Colonels have played like two seasons worth of games when you count the overtime games including Saturday when they got an incredible win to get to 5-2 and two in conference play. Coach Sadler coming up out of this break. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most, like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully, the neighbor who gives you a jump start, and the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agent's back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Since 1954, Terrebonne General has been a beacon of health and hope in our community. As we mark seven decades of dedication to your well-being, Terrebonne General Health System remains committed to advancing health care, improving lives, and expanding our services to meet your evolving needs. In celebrating our past, we look forward to a future filled with promise and progress. Your health is our legacy. To discover more, visit tghealthsystem.com. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. Rev is your local communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities we serve. Customer-first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years, and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, 
It's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. Welcome back to Play by Play here. Casey just clear with Coach Brian Colley. And we are honored to have our next guest on. That would be Coach Tavon Sadler of the Nichols men's basketball team. Colonel's got a thrilling double overtime victory on Saturday against Texas A&M Commerce and return home this coming Saturday to play HCU. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Doing fine, man. Look. Watch the the back end of your game on Saturday. You get an eighty seven to eighty four double overtime win, fresh off of an overtime win against UIW. Man, you guys just don't like winning in regulation, bro. Always pushing it to them overtimes, man. Man, I, I told the kids that the other day they they, they love overtime. Um, I tell I tell people all the time though it's gonna pay it's gonna pay off come March. Uh, you know, games in March are so close and tighten it and it comes down to the last possession this is our fifth overtime game of the year our fourth uh our fourth overtime game in conference so for us to be four and one in overtime games i'll definitely take it i'll take it any way we can to get a win but i'm tired of overtime just being transparent but looking at the bigger picture will help us come march guys got some big time shots from uh, deontay smith on saturday man he made the big three to force overtime made the big three to force double overtime played 50 minutes for you, 11 of 19. He just never looked like he was getting wore out or tired. That was a huge performance from one of your key pieces on Saturday. Yeah, Deontay Smith, he's a really, really good player. Um, I didn't take him out not one time. Like you said, 50, he played 50 minutes. Not only did he play 50 minutes, he hit the shot to send us into overtime and then hit another shot to send us into double overtime. Um, and it's all about players, man. I tell people all the time, um, I have good players. That's more than half the battle. That's that's mainly the battle. So with Deontay to, to stick it out for 50 minutes and do what he do, 11 for 19, I think 5 for 10 from 3, and then not even mention that he had 11 rebounds for another double-double, and he got something player of the week for another week. Um, just incredible, incredible job by not only Deontay but all my guys. Coach, in the overtime periods on Saturday, you guys were 7 of 9 from the field with a group that maybe had some tired legs, you know, had played Thursday in overtime. To execute that well down the stretch on offense has to just be awesome, man, because that, that was one of the keys. You guys kept scoring and kept putting that pressure on them, and the double overtime, it finally flipped your way. Yeah, that's that's one thing we take pride on because, um, you know, the game slows down and just being able to execute, that's, that's important. Um I'm not happy on the defensive side of the ball. I thought we blew some defensive assignments in overtime, and we blew some defensive assignments to get to overtime. But just to gut it out and have a will to win and just never waver, and then most importantly to stick together through it all, that, that's the thing that was most impressive to me. After such an emotional game on Saturday where you had to play the 50 minutes and it was back and forth and so many swings, were you guys kind of grateful to have that conference by and not have to play yesterday, get the guys a little bit of extra rest before taking on HCU again? Man, you know, it's crazy. I don't believe in perfect at all, but I, I, I will say that this bye week came at a perfect time. Yeah. <laughs> it came at a perfect time. It gave us a great chance to reset. Um, like you said, we just played two overtime games back-to-back, so 
to be off last night and just be able to sit and watch the, the conference. There was four games on last night to be able to watch a little bit of all four, but mainly the Houston Christian Southeastern game. That was a blessing. Um, had my guys watch some of that game also. So it was great to be able to reset and recharge, but we got to get ready to go on Saturday and do it all over again. So tell me about this. We ask this to the high school coaches a lot. Whenever they enter district play, we say, all right, well, what's the difference between the first round of play in your district and the second round? I'm going to ask you the same question here. You guys beat HCU at their place in an overtime game, 98-94. to How do you balance making adjustments to try to be more efficient and have a better result, but also not changing too much because you did win the last time? Talk to us about that give and take there of trying to be a little bit more different, but also still doing what you do. I mean, we got a lot of motivation going into that game. Um, They did a heck of a job just game planning and, and, and gave us trouble. For, for a good portion of the game before we were able to get back in the game and send it to overtime and ultimately win the game. But I think it always just comes down to the players. And um, I don't think people talk about it enough. It's so hard to win a college basketball game or any game, high school, uh, professionally. But when you talk about winning on the road, that's very, very difficult. Um, we have a thing where we take pride in protecting our, our home court. We only drop one at the, at the uh, at Stouffer. So just... Houston Christian coming in, our main our main focus is protecting protecting home always, but also just doing what we do. I think that's more than good enough. For sure, man. Look, you guys uh, have that big one coming up Saturday. But the next question I want to ask, okay, look, you played at, at Nichols, and, and when you were a player there, it was kind of in the middle of that culture shift and, and things kind of changing. And, and now, you know, four, five, six years later, and you're running the program, how much easier is it to sell the Nichols brand today than what it maybe was a couple years ago? Because you guys have done so much work, you know, new locker rooms, renovated gym, and winning regular season conference titles. That whole message is different than it used to be, and I'm sure that that makes your job all the easier when you're trying to recruit talent to Thibodeau. Man, so I tell people, um, when we first got the Nichols and I got here, I want to say I'm getting old, dude. I got here in 2016. You're not getting old, Coach. Come on, 2016? <laughs> <laughs> man, you got to think these, these overtime games, man, yes. at, a, at a rapid rate, dude. <laughs> I got here in the fall of 16, and Nichols haven't won a championship, I think, in that, in two decades. I think the last championship they had won was 98 with Ricky Broussard. Um, shout out to Ricky Broussard, a great pillar in my life, a great mentor. I talk to Ricky all the time. He's a great man. Um, it's been, it was 20 years. I set out one year and I played the 17-18 year. And we were able to win the first regular season championship or first championship in 20 years. And so from that point on, Nichols has won three out of the last six championships. You know, and so when you start talking about culture and identity, we've built a brand that's kind of built to last, you know. And one word we talk about in our program is durability. And so we built a program that's built out durability where we're just built to last and my teammates in 17, 18, and then Clauncher's teams who who came behind us, the Ty Gordons, the Kevin Johnsons, the Rodney Lyons, the Andre Jones, the, the Najee Garvers, I could go on and on. And now you talk about Deontay Smith and Jamal West and, and Byron Allen and Rob Brown. And I never want to get a misconstrued. Like, players make the program. And we have um, not only good players, but we have outstanding young men. And they just continue to carry the culture. And we can never forget that culture is winning and we're five and two right now, but we still got a long ways to go, so we can't get complacent. But I do like where we're at. I don't think we're too far ahead. I don't think we're too far behind. I think we're right where we need to be. But like I said, we got to keep our head down and keep doing the work. 
For sure, man. Look, so much is made about, okay, you guys brought in a, a lot of new pieces, and you mentioned a bunch of them a minute ago. You know, Caressi, Robert Brown, Deontay Smith, you know, Michael Gray, Ireland. These are all guys that were not with the team anymore, or, or last year were not with the team. Um, but I think one of the reasons why you guys are having success is because some of the few returnees that you had are stepping up. Makai Collins is playing some really good basketball. Um, you move Jalen White into the starting lineup when he gets rolling. Shooter, Strander coming in off the bench, giving some energy. A lot of those old guys that were with the previous administration are stepping up big and are being some big leaders for your team, man. And I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Quinn Strander, uh, Makai Collins, Jalen White, they are a pivotal part of why we are five and two. I mean, Jalen White, who barely played. Um, just stepping up, like you said, starting. I think Makai Collins has, has had the most growth from returners to newcomers from the time we started workouts in June until now. I think his growth has been the most. And then Quinn Strand, a homegrown talent who, who never complains. And that's what I want my program to be about, players like Quinn Strand are just selfless. It's bigger than him. He never knows when his minutes going to be called, but he's always ready. You know, it's never about him. It's, 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 it's we, not me. And that's kind of what our program is built on. It's not Quinn Strander, who's just a me not, I mean, a, a we not me guy. It's my whole team, you know. And so I think that comes from spending a lot of time with the guys and, and actually getting to know the kids. And it's a new generation. Um, and I say that being almost the same age as them, but I think I'm an older soul. This generation, you have to actually know these kids, man, and spend time with them and actually love on them. And I think that's what myself and my staff does the best job at, is actually getting to know these kids and, actually loving these kids and basketball is just a byproduct of like who we are that's just what we get to do that's just our title we actually like we actually love on these kids and, and teach them and grow them off the court and i think it all just translates onto the court tavon what's the one thing that you've learned in your first year as a head coach that maybe you didn't realize you would have to learn whenever you were coming on over from maryland Say that again. I'm sorry, you broke up. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what's the one thing that you've learned the most about about being a head coach? Because coaches always tell me, like, hey, there's always this one thing that I didn't expect. What was that one thing for you here? The one thing I'll say that I didn't know, um, and it's, I don't I don't know if I'm asking this question, everyone needs time. Um, and that's whether it's a player, um, admin, if it's out in the community, support, like like promoting the game. Everyone needs time, and, and where I thought I was just going to be able to focus on just my guys and my kids and basketball, being a head coach is so much more than just coaching a basketball game. That's what I think people don't realize, you know. Um, you're a counselor, then you're a basketball coach, then you're out in the community, then you're out in the community um, talking to people. And then, you know, me and my staff, we spend a lot of time at local schools, and we're in the wellness centers, and we're in the, di the different uh, food spots, just we're big on community engagement, you know, so I didn't know it was just so much more than just coaching the basketball game. It's so much more that comes with being a head coach than me just standing there for 40 minutes with a nice suit on. No doubt, man. Very well said. You guys are approaching a very important stretch. You got four out of your next five at home, but you got some heavy hitters that you're going to be facing as well. Lamar got you the first round. Corpus got you the first round. Got McNeese coming to Stouffer soon. Coach, in the next so three weeks or so, you're going to learn a lot about your basketball team. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing for us, we I, I really don't I say I, I honestly don't know the order we play those teams. I kind of uh, I'm a one day to I'm a one day at a time dude. If you ever see me like on social media, 
you always see me say one and no. It's just always about winning the day. Like today, we didn't have a game, but we won the morning, so we're one and no for the day. We still got to win the evening. And then I think if you stack enough one and no's the day the game comes, the 40 minutes, um, they aren't that hard, you know. It make well, I won't say they're not that hard because all the games are hard, but it makes it easier. So we just focus on going one and no. Um, it's a lot of good teams, a lot of good coaches in the league. It's a lot of new coaches. We see those guys when we see those guys, but. We can only control what we can control, and one of the things that we can control is going one and no on a day that we don't play. No doubt about it. That's a great answer. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Can't wait to see you on Saturday, buddy. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Talk soon. Yep, that is Coach Sadler with Nichols State University doing an excellent job. Grand Slam home run. Uh, I was skeptical when the hire was made. Grand Slam home run. They're 5-2 and two in the Southland, but it's bigger than the record. They're cha- he said it a second ago. We're in the schools. We're going to visit the middle schools. We're in the community. We're you know, about helping Thibodeau. We want to be part of Thibodeau. That's what it's all about. That's how you win at Nichols is you let the community feel like you got their back. They're going to come out and support you. The kids locally are going to want to play for you. And they've done an excellent job piecing their roster together in one off season. And I think it goes to show how much buy-in that they have that every time the game goes to overtime, they seem to find a way to win it. They're not tired. The other team is. They're making plays the other team isn't. In conference games, they're 3-1 and one in overtime. They're 5-2 and two overall. Coach Sadler and his crew are doing an outstanding job. Starts with culture. He, uh, he has a great culture, a great locker room, it seems like, and uh, he's doing things the right way. He's out in the community, uh, which is, is great to see. It's awesome to see where um, he goes out in the community, his players go out in the community, and uh, this is just the beginning. Yep. Big things are, are fixing to happen. Yep, I agree. You look at their upcoming schedule, they do have a very brutal stretch coming up. They're 5-2. and two. They got HCU and Northwestern Saturday and Monday, both at Stouffer. On paper, you'll be favored to win both of those games. Let's say they win both of those games. They get to 7-2. and two. Then you got a gauntlet. That'll begin after that. At Lamar, they beat you at home early in the year. Lamar's incredible, beat you in overtime. Home against Corpus, the defending champions in the league. Home against McNeese, wrecking machine. At New Orleans, the games between Nichols and New Orleans at the Lakefront Arena, I've called several of them, are always insane. So Nichols in the next, oh, give it till mid-February, we're going to have a great idea of where this team sits. And much like high school, with the power ratings, every one of these regular season games matters so much because of how weighted the Mm -hmm. Southland Conference tournament is. If you get into the top two, you're getting double buys, and you're automatically in the semifinals just for showing up. So you want to win as many as you can because seeding is so damn important. Huge, huge stretch coming up. And on those home games, by the way, Houston Christian, Northwestern, Corpus, and McNeese, this is, let's pack the place. Give them a home field advantage, home court advantage. Um, yeah, it's going to be very fun to see the next month what the Colonels could do. Yeah, I think as the season goes on, you're going to see more and more people uh, pack that gym. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. Let's catch a break when we get back. uh, We will keep the train rolling. We will talk about some things happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. 
Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking. Serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and seat casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1927. Six Airline Drive in Metairie. Hope everybody's enjoying their day today. It is a beautiful Tuesday. Actually, it looks like it's a really nice weather day outside, too, in the mid-60s. I know that's freezing for you. Yeah, but... it's about 30 in here right now. <laughs> yes, it is pretty cold in here today. I'm usually comfortable, but yeah, but Bud is kind of, um, I don't know if he's turning this into a butcher's market in his, uh, in his off time, but it is freezing in the studio. We talked about this earlier. Ben Johnson um, announced that he is not going to pursue any more head coaching opportunities and will return to the Detroit Lions. Johnson, who's 37 years old, has been the Lions coordinator for the past two seasons and is considered one of the top coordinators in the sport. Um, so he is not going to be pursuing the Commanders or the Seahawks, which is teams he had interviews scheduled with, and it would be returning to Detroit. That's big uh, for Coach Dan Campbell, as I really believe that Coach Dan Campbell um, is reliant upon his coordinators. Uh, Eric Allen being the defensive coordinator, I think he's reliant upon them for their success. Uh, so we'll see how that goes there. Let's talk about the LSU women's basketball team for a second. They had a second straight hiccup. They lose to Mississippi State. Um the Lady Tigers are on a bit of a skid, 77-73 to 73 last night. They fall, and uh, what kind of hurts even more is that it was a Louisiana native who beat you. Um, the Jordan kid uh, from John Curtis, who, by the way, Coach Kyle, I've watched a lot of bitty basketball in my day. Uh, Jerkayla Jordan, former John Curtis standout, former Tulane standout who transferred to Mississippi State, she was the best bitty basketball player that I've ever seen play bitty basketball. She was unbelievable. But anyway, she scored 24 points last night in helping Mississippi State get the win. Kim Mulkey said after the game, um, we don't get stops. You know, she said, hey, we don't we don't defend. We we everybody's interested in scoring. And she also said that she thought that there might be a little bit of a hangover after the emotional South Carolina game. But LSU loses again. Um 
don't know what to make of this um, because we saw in baseball, right, the baseball team last year lost some games they should have won, and the feeling always was, ah, and, and Joe Tuchel said it all year long after all of them, when I'm freaking out and panicking and saying, oh, we don't have any pitching, it, Joe would always come on and say, man, they're the most talented team in the country. Don't worry. They're going to get into the tournament, and they'll, they'll be just fine. They ended up winning the national championship. I want to kind of sort of be of that opinion, like, hey, there's nothing to worry about here. You got so much talent, they'll figure it out. But they haven't played defense really all year. Um, it's been a kind of a struggle for them throughout the course of the season. If they don't figure it out in the next month, it might not be a team that even makes it to the Final Four, and what a disappointment that would be fresh off of the championship and all the recruiting and everything that they did. They don't look bought in on the defensive side of the ball. And until that changes, they're not going to beat the best teams in the country. Sorry, it ain't going to happen. Well, the thing is, you keep losing game here or two games in a row now, which is unthinkable. At the beginning of the year, no one thought LSU would probably even lose a game, much less two in a row. Um, what matters is your seed in the tournament. Because if you got to play tough games earlier, and, and it's, I think they, they worried about how – they responded after the South Carolina loss. Uh, even though if you win a game and you have to use a lot of energy in an emotional game, you got to come right back sometimes and play another one. Uh, that could affect them. So I think their seed is going to be a, a big deal just uh, when this tournament starts. Bracketology was released today, and it has LSU as a number four seed. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, if the tournament started today, in the Sweet 16, assuming that they would beat the 13 seed and then the five seed, they would be playing NC State. Um, they were a two seed last year and got all the way. But you're right; the, the more that you lose, there's going to be that slippage there. They got to get back on track. And I don't like early in the season. Okay, it was oh, well, Angel Reese is spoiled and she doesn't want to do this. Angel Reese is playing terrific right now. Last night she had 20 points and 18 rebounds. Like it's not her issue right now it's kind of everybody else's and um I still I still see a team that doesn't shoot the three ball well they were three of 14 last night um they got some things to figure out got some time to do it but they've got some things to figure out yeah and, and Malky I, I don't know about making excuses but she uh in her press conference last night well we have a freshman first year in college we have some with their second year of college last year we had you know uh, girls here that they're fourth and fifth year in college. Uh, we got to transfer in. She's new to the system. Well, I don't, how many years she's been in college? Uh, You're the one who chose you to know, build your roster like this, yeah. coach. So, <laughs> and and the other way around, like on the other end of this, it's you hear a lot of coaches say, "Well, they're freshmen, but at this point of the year, playing so many games, they're not a freshman anymore." Yeah, Doobie used to always say that. Yeah, and, and now she's, well, we're still young. You know, it's their first year, and uh, I don't know, she just does not seem worried, which probably not because uh, SEC tournament, you make a run, and you get a better seed, and they can beat anybody in the country. So it's That's not, the thing. That's the, if they show up and they play and they they start guarding, like they got so much firepower. They could beat anybody that they play. Uh, I just don't know that they're consistent enough to beat everybody that they play five times in a row. 
uh, which has been the problem. Some games they got it, some games they don't, and we'll see. They're trying to get it fixed. Speaking of teams who some games they got it, some games they don't, the Pelicans are the Patterson Lumberjacks of the NBA. Yesterday in Boston, they were up double digits, were cruising, looking like they were going to get a big old signature road win, and they were going to shut up uh, Casey on the radio, and he was going to have to say good things about the Pelicans once and for all. And then they got blitzed in the fourth quarter and lost to Boston 118-112. to 112. Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram were both good. They combined for... 54 points last night. Zion had 26. Ingram had 28. McCollum had 16. On the defensive end, they struggled. Jason Tatum had 28. Drew Holiday, 20. Jalen Brown, 22. Derek White, 17. Um, Disappointing, man. It's a Pelicans team that is falling in that trap of almost similar to the Cowboys, right, in football where they beat the hell out of the bad and average teams and give you hope that, hey, man, like, hey, let's go. Let's do this. But then when they faced the quality teams, Phoenix beat them 123 to 109 a couple nights ago. Oklahoma City beat them by 24. The Bucks beat them by 24. Celtics beat them by six last night. Last time they played Denver, they lost by 12. Last time they played the Clippers, they lost by 16. Um, when they faced the big dogs, it's not the same, and it makes you worried about how far this team could go if they're able to get in even at all, because right now they're still stuck in the play-in tournament. Something is amiss. Something with this roster doesn't fit. Don't know if they'll try to make a move to tweak it, but when they face the elite competition, they come up short consistently. And this, to me, is a team that should be better than just five games above 500. Yeah, because the frustrating part about it is this team could go off and and win several games in a row. Uh, I mean, they can explode. They're good enough. And what's the problem? they get a lead, they're losing it. Second, third quarter, if they have a 10, 15-point lead, they're going to lose it. That, that's that been consistent, I think, now for two years. And they got to correct that part of it. Uh, but there's still hope for this team. They, they still they still can – now, look, you, you get in the playoffs, if you can compete in a series uh, – by some chance, if you can win a first-round series, that's big for this organization. But it's a long way to get there. They've lost four out of five. Their next game was they're on a road trip right now. Their next game is again on the road taking on the Rockets. The Rockets have beaten them twice this season, once on November the 10th by three in Houston, once on December 23rd in New Orleans, 106 to 104. You've lost four out of five. The Rockets are not very good. They've been on a skid. They're 22 and 24 now. They were above 500. They have sagged back. After this three game losing streak, you got to go on the road and you got to beat Houston tomorrow. That's a, the, you're better than they are. You have more a more experienced roster than they have. You're going to their place, but it's not really a rowdy arena. You're pretty close to home. You're going to actually have some Pelicans fans in Houston you got to beat the Rockets tomorrow. That's a huge game for them. If they drop that one and get the losing skid to four in a row, you know, it's not panic time or push the alarm, but just mentally I would love to see these guys rally together. You're better than Houston. No excuses. Go on the road and put it on them. Yeah, that's the challenge. And, can, and again, we, we talk about this all the time. Is, is it coaching with them or what? What what is going on? What is wrong? There's something that just no one can put their finger on. 
Zion and Brandon Ingram don't play defense at all. That that's a big one. Um, don't know, man. I I just keep going back to do I like their talent? I do. I think that Zion, McCollum, Ingram, Trey Murphy, Valanciunas, like I think they've got some very competent players. I just don't know that the recipe that they're using to make the gumbo is a winning recipe. I think that they're going to have to shake something up. Don't know necessarily what, don't know necessarily how, um, but it just doesn't fit. It doesn't look as seamless as it does with some of the other teams. It doesn't flow as well as it does with some of the other teams. And I think part of it is, I think at the end of games, Brandon Ingram wants to be the guy, shoots bad shots routinely at the end of games. And I think that Zion just kind of lets him do it. I would like to see Zion be more aggressive. How often do we see Zion have like a 25-point first half and then he scores just 30 in the game? At the end of the game, bro, you're the biggest athlete that they've got. You're the biggest asset that they've got. Take over the game. He seems too willing to be passive and let Brandon Ingram do what Brandon Ingram does. And I think that's why the offense gets stale. I think that's why they blow a lot of the lead sometimes. They just stop doing what got them the lead. It's a New Orleans franchise, frustrating to watch. Yeah, no doubt. So they got a big one coming up tomorrow against Houston, and hopefully they could get off of the skids there. Let's catch a break when we get back. Keep the train rolling. We got one more segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Join the Hot Sauce Express weekdays on the Rage and Cajun. Tune in from 6 to 10 a.m. for the best Cajun music anywhere on this planet, the Hot Sauce Express. And it's all brought to you in part by Later the Sea General Hospital and Golden Motors. Don't forget, that's the Hot Sauce Express, weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m., right here on The Rage and Cajun, KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. Hey, y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family, but in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Remember, Water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa wants you to join them for the Start of Something New sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Twitter yesterday that I earmarked and said I would talk to you about this today. This is a stat that, look, I, I'm a numbers guy. I love looking at numbers and statistics and everything that that 
are anomalies. And this one to me is incredible. I would have never guessed this in a million years. Brian Colley, did you know that there has never been an Alabama football player who has scored a point in a Super Bowl ever? No, they're not. So both the 49ers and the Chiefs do not have Alabama players on their roster. So it'll continue the streak this year. There have been players from 143 colleges who have scored points in the Super Bowl, including the Coast Guard, who had a kicker kick an extra point. And an Alabama player has never kicked, scored a touchdown, picked six, scoop and score ever in the Super Bowl. That's unbelievable when you think of the talent that has been in that, that program. Is, that is. The most is Miami players who have scored 84 points in the Super Bowl. So just thought that was interesting. Like, my God, you would have given me a thousand guesses. I would have never guessed that Alabama would have never scored a point in the Super Bowl. Um, also, an interesting stat today that will probably make people angry. Um, awful announcing, which is a really cool Twitter follow. It's it, it shows you not awful announcing. It actually shows you announcers that are doing a good job. I don't know why it's called that. Um but they said that they timed the AFC championship game versus the amount of seconds that they showed Taylor Swift on the screen. She was on the screen for 0.4% of the time. Oh. Not even 1%. Everybody's yelling and screaming, hooting and hollering. Oh, she's ruining the. She's on the screen not even 1% of the time. Get over yourself, man. Um, so I thought that was very interesting as well to see how little she actually gets in terms of screen time. You would swear that they show her the entire game on a on a split screen, but that it, there's big talk if she's gonna make the game. I mean, they uh, she's gonna be there. Plan, yeah, planning out her route and <laughs> she's gonna be there. Oh. Uh, Arthur Smith, the former Falcons head coach, has been hired to be the Steelers' offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith was the Falcons' head coach for the past several seasons. He had a 21 and 30 record and went 7 and 10 three consecutive seasons without ever making the postseason. Before that, he was the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2020 and had some success there. So now he will be calling the plays for a Steeler team. It frankly needs a quarterback, man. I mean, they got Kenny Pickett and um, what's the guy? Uh, the guy. Um, oh goodness, how could I forget their starting quarterback's name? Um, God, I see his face. I see him throwing interceptions. It's Kenny Pickett and Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, they, they, they've got a whole trash heap there. That's still not the guy I'm thinking of, though. Coach Colley, help me out. Who's the young quarterback in Pittsburgh? Goodness, it's driving me crazy. Um, oh, my God. Don't know. All right, well, anyway, they don't have a quarterback. Long story short, they don't have a quarterback, and uh, they're going to be trying to find one here uh, during the course of the next – couple of years they bring Arthur Smith in and uh we'll see we'll see how good Kenny Pickett is the guy I was thinking of I don't know why I thought that there was somebody else but Pickett is the guy I was thinking of um so the Steelers 10 and 7 bring in their new coordinator New Orleans still does not have a coordinator but we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show we'll bring it up again according to social media they have narrowed their search tremendously and they are in the final stages of trying to hire their new offensive coordinator. Um, so do you think that this is going to be a situation where we have something this week? Or do you think this is a situation where they're waiting on one of the guys who are coaching in the Super Bowl? 
Or do you think that they don't know yet either way and are just leaking this out to not look like, you know, they don't know what they're doing? Um, but the report is that they are nearing the decision on their offensive coordinator search in New Orleans. Well, look, out of respect for the game, the league, uh, if, you, if you're going to make a move, it should be done this week because next week should be all about the Super Bowl. You shouldn't have any coaching moves made. It's, it's between the two teams. Give them the spotlight. They deserve it. And so I would think maybe this week. If not, could it be somebody from playing in the Super Bowl? They interviewed today. Man, I hate to be so pessimistic about this, but today they interviewed Ravens wide receivers coach Greg Lewis. Wide receivers coach? Like, some of these fish that they're trying to reel in are minnows, man. Or wide receivers coach. A, the Ravens wide receivers are not worth a damn. And B, that's a far leap going from wide receivers coach to offensive coordinate. Come on, man. Some of these names scare you a little bit, but it was actually Nick Underhill who said, the Saints' search for an offensive coordinator has narrowed considerably per sources. They have honed in on their candidates and are adhering to league rules as they go through the process. (laughs) That last part there, league rules, leads me to believe that they're hoping to maybe get one of the two from San Francisco. Um, or maybe somebody from Kansas City that we don't know about. Could it be league rules with Gruden? Mr. Goodell, can we that please hire? To, yeah, that, can we please hire John Gruden? Do you, do you give us your mercy? I mean, look, I would just the name. I think I would go with Gruden over anyone else you mentioned. You're a conspiracy theorist. If the Saints get an offensive coordinator that is actively suing the league, which Gruden is doing right now, is that going to hurt them with the stripes? It hurts them already. I mean, ever. <laughs> I think, uh, but for Gruden to get back, he would have to throw his in the suit. There's, there's no way you can still employ a guy and have him sue you. So the Eagles' former offensive coordinator Brian Johnson met with Cleveland recently, and he is also planning to interview with the Saints in the future. That would be the the guy that. You know, they just fired. <laughs> don't know that that would be an ideal fit, but I, I'm so I don't know why I'm so intrigued by this. I'm so interested to see how this goes. Um, if because they, you know you're gonna laugh at the hire. Well, that could be. But look, if they get John Gruden, I'm not gonna be no. laughing at the hire. I'm gonna be laughing at Dennis Allen because you just hired the guy who's gonna replace you. But there are a lot of folks. And that list that just don't do anything for me. A wide receiver coach for the Baltimore Ravens? What about watching the Ravens' offense throw the ball this year leads you to believe that you want their wide receivers coach? Um, Man, there's a lot of potential for this to be something that's not very good. And it'll be interesting to see who they finally decide upon, though I do think that they're trying to wait out these San Francisco guys and trying to bring one of them in. Carmichael going to Denver, as we talked about, there are rumors and some whispers that Sean would be open to trading for Alvin Kamara this offseason. There are also rumors and whispers that New Orleans is going to cut bait with Marshawn Lattimore in the offseason. 
Um, a lot of these veteran players in New Orleans that we've come to know and love, I don't think are going to be part of the future anymore because your salary cap situation isn't any good and you got to start finding a way to get a little younger. This is an, a roster that's getting older by the day. I don't think Thomas will be back. I don't know if Jameis Winston's going to be back. There's whispers about Kamara. There's whispers about Marshawn Lattimore. There's whispers about a lot of folks. I think that this roster is going to be overhauled a little bit in the offseason, and some of the folks who are no longer going to be part of the team are guys that I think fans really enjoy watching. I think it's going to be an uncomfortable offseason for a lot of the fans. Yep, Saint fans, don't be uh, alarmed. It's going to happen. You're going to lose some uh, big names that you think, oh, you never thought that they would be done with the Saints. Well, you're going to lose some of them, and they have to. They, uh, with the cap and just the performance they had, they they have to shake things up, and you're going to have some, some I think, big names leaving the Saints organization. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see. Look, before we wrap up, Again, we're at Lutcher tonight, South Lafushan Lutcher boy-girl doubleheader. Haven't seen the Lutcher girls, um, so I'm not going to ask you what South Lafushan's keys are there because we, we, we'd be going up against an opponent that you've not seen any tape on. But we have seen the boys. What do Coach Brody and the team have to do to try to get a road victory against Lutcher to um, try to build some momentum going into the back stretch of the season? First, I think slow it down. Uh, you cannot let these athletes get out. And, and run on you and push the ball where they're going to be shooting layups and where it's an up-tempo game and you might come down the floor and uh, turn the ball over or miss layups and they're going to get the rebound and come back down and score. So I think you got to slow it down. You're going to have to shoot the ball well from the outside. Uh, turnovers, the live ball turnovers will, will, will kill you because that's going to be transition. Uh, I mean, uh, Lutcher may come and play some zone. If they do, Tarpons can shoot the ball from the outside and I think keep rebounding the way they do. At least the last game, uh, good rebounding and um, take care of the basketball. That's the main thing. You can't have 20, 25 turnovers tonight. Central or Terrebonne tonight? Oh, Gage, man. Uh, I'm going with Terrebonne. It's going to be hard to beat Terrebonne uh, twice. Yeah. Um, I've got to go with Terrebonne. I tend to agree, though it being in Matthews helps. Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. The last time they played, Kylan wasn't there. Kylan makes a big difference. I'm, I'm going to go Terrebonne tonight. That's going to be a huge game, though. And Saturday morning, where are we going to be? Uh, Absolute Fitness. We'll Absolute be having a great fitness. time. Yeah, tell us about that. They got some, uh, some specials and stuff on Saturday, right? Yeah, they're having a grand opening with many different events planned. They're going to launch all new moves and new music with their group fitness classes. Uh, you can sign up on the app or you can call Absolute Fitness. And they also, it's, it's just open to the public, members or and non-members, to go out, check them out, see what they have to offer. They're going to have uh, free 30-minute personal training sessions and a deadlift competition beginning at 9.30 to 12.30. I think the entire celebration, the grand opening celebration, begins at 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's this Saturday, February the 3rd at Absolute Fitness. The Sports Corner will be there from 
10 to noon. Can't wait. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Give some attaboys before we wrap up. Again, Sam Kennard, Vanderbilt Catholic, signing a track scholarship at UL Lafayette. Congratulations to him. He had offers for football, basketball, and track, chose track and field. I said, I told you the other day off the air he was a distance turner. I'm wrong. He's a thrower. He's a javelin thrower. Um, congratulations to Devontavian Martin of the San Francisco 49ers, the Ellender graduate going to the Super Bowl. It was a chance to win a ring. It'll be huge for him. You coached against him in basketball. We at one time thought he was going to be a basketball recruit. He was a UNO commitment, decided his senior season, hey, I'm going to give this football thing a shot. Talk about a life-changing decision. He's now been in the NFL for the last couple years. Chance to win a ring for San Francisco. Kudos to Tay. Yep, special player. Uh, also, former Ellender standout Cedric Williams recently announced that he is a graduate assistant at Troy. He went from Ellender to JUCO to play ball, then went from JUCO to the University of Houston. Now he's given back. He will be at Troy. So congratulations to Cedric. Always love to see local people doing big things. And then the last one we got, Trevon Reed, Thibodeau guy, who had been working in the football operations center with Auburn, has been pulled to Central Florida by his former coach, Coach Gus Malzahn. He will be the cornerbacks coach at Central Florida. Always good to see local people doing some good, uh, some really cool things. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Coach Matt Plitt for the time. Thanks to Coach Tavon Sadler for the time. Tomorrow we'll have the turtle on, and uh, we'll be breaking down some things that are happening around what should be a very loaded high school schedule tonight. It's play-by-play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.